Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 32 and 33 of The Shadow Rising, questions to be asked, and a new weave in the pattern. Enjoy! All right, so welcome to season four, episode 16. Yeah, um, and got some new patrons, or at least one new patron, and we got an upgrade, upgrade. Um, so, that counts as doubling down. Yeah, it does. So we got, oh, yeah. we got Husbando as our new patron. Thank you, Husbando. Bingo. And Todd Bingo. upgraded. He's one of our original patrons. He's like, he's been a patron of ours forever, but he, he upgraded to a higher level. Woo! So Thanks, Todd. Leveling up. Thank you so much. We can, greatly appreciate it. Can I say this? So mm-hmm. every new patron is fantastic, right? Like we uh-huh. celebrate it. But the truth is Alan sells the the dollar patron thing like pretty hard on the episodes. And there's good value to it for the buck, right? Yeah, right. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the people that upgrade, that kind of fires me up. That means yeah. they're like, I got in at the dollar, but honestly, like the value I'm getting at that, it, it's worth more. So the yeah. upgrade. Like the upgrades makes are us fun. feel like we're worth something, right? Yeah, that's, I, mean, I mean, all of it's awesome. Yeah, the upgrades I mean, we, are like whoa. We have a, I mean, so we have six tiers. We have no one of the top two tiers because I have my stupid high prices. Um, but the next tier down, we have two at, and then I think we have like a handful, like probably about ten at even the higher up than the. So there's bottom tier, one dollar, five dollar, ten dollar, twenty dollar. We got a few, like I think two twenty dollars, and then we got like a handful of ten dollars in that wow well thank you guys that's so cool you guys are fantastic yeah they get more stuff i don't pay attention to that (laughs) yeah they get more stuff so we i think right now we have 61 patrons so oh wow yeah (laughs) when we hit 69 i'm giving out a a patron gift there you go (laughs) and and speaking of patron (laughs) that's my magic number (laughs) yeah speaking of patron gifts or just things we can give away in general we are currently i i did a um put a post out to tree and hired her to design two, two new t-shirt designs for us. So we're going to have two new t-shirts designs coming, oh, to, dope. coming to the the merchandise store soon. So I will be dropping on all over all social media and discord when we get those officially approved and in the store. Um, and uh, not to put, are you going to, you going to wait and surprise us or do we get a brief description? No, no, so, so what we talked about last week, which is going to be plant Supreme with a uh, semester wearing a Brando yes. t-shirt. Yes. Um, I want it. And that's going to be one. And the other one um, that we're going to have is time traveling Tam in a DeLorean with the back to the future, look, like a uh, font saying time yeah. traveling Tam. Um, <laughs> Nailed it on both accounts. Nailed yes. it. <laughs> be great shirts <laughs> all right i will be the first customer uh, I'm, I'm purchasing both of them both of those shirts yeah so plan supreme and time traveling damn shirts are coming at some point there's not really a set deadline on when we're gonna have those in but we're working on them um and we, will- we have to check trademarks maybe somebody already trademarked plant supreme who knows <laughs> i don't know if we really have to check trademarks um <laughs> <laughs> I think Alan, we we're that. not really doing that <laughs> we're just rolling the dice yeah we just roll the dice <laughs> I, yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah i get i get that every once in a while on the youtube i get the copyright hits i just uh uploaded a new video i got a copyright uh hit on it um 
not not a strike. So when you get like the copyright strike, that means they actually can take down your video and it's really bad. And you can get in lots of trouble for that. Uh, that's when like a copyright person says like, hey, you're making money off me. I want you to delete this stuff because you're using my stuff. Uh, the, the soft hits, which is what we got on this one, just means I can't monetize it, but I can still use it. Um, it's because yeah. I, clipped, I, I clipped in some Top Gun and apparently Top Gun's anal about their, their copyright stuff. It's not Top Gun. Oh, wow. It's the lead character of Top Gun. <laughs> Bro <laughs> likes money. <laughs> Let's, I love it's his like, movies. I want to make money man. off this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So, but I'm still gonna leave it in because it's it works. Um, was so, was yeah. it the volleyball high five? The top. No, it was the Iceman saying you're dangerous. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> of Val Kilmer. Um, but yeah. So uh, it's on a video that has not been published yet. It will be coming out. I don't know. We're, we're waiting on our production team to get it together. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll, it. Out. We'll release that one eventually. It's not. It's not on my next to release schedule, but actually, it is kind of time sensitive. So, um, just because I do want to have that video come out before the trailer does, because I rant about the trailer. Um, so, won't make sense if it's after the trailer. I'll just have to scrap the whole thing. You guys never get to see it. Um, so, anyways, um, let's see. Anything else? We do have a guest next week coming on. We have Pythos, one of our patrons. So, um, hey. Yeah, so I'm excited about having another patron on. And then that's about it for announcements for right now. Um, gonna move right into personal life. Um, so I had had I had an interesting weekend. Uh, we decided to start doing like potty training boot camp with my son this weekend, getting ready because um, you know, he's in preschool and he's getting an age where he just needs to be potty trained. He did a great job. You know, he's using the potty. He went to school today and no accidents. So fingers crossed, awesome. he's potty trained. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But the more uh, downside to this weekend was my daughter. Uh, we went to church on Sunday, and afterwards, they have a little playground in the church. And she went to go, both kids let them play in the playground afterwards. And she decides just to jump off, like, not like a high ledge, but she's 20 months old. So too high for her. And um, not sure she rolled her ankle or, like, what happened, but she went down screaming, and then she wouldn't walk and put any pressure on her leg. So we took her urgent care they did some x-rays and things like that and they're like yeah it looks like it's just really really some soft tissue damage um nothing major um but she's walking now and she was running and jumping today so i'm like i think she's fine but like of course of course my wife is like super concerned like i don't think she's better i was like literally i just saw her do like a backflip and like and (laughs) she's good it's like yeah but she's so resilient she's on she's on painkillers i was like i mean she's like like that baby motrin or whatever and um And, um, and I was like, I still don't, I, you know, she's literally running and jumping. I, I think she's fine. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, we're just going to monitor her the next few days and just make sure they said, if it doesn't improve, then we'll take her back, but mm. I don't know. We'll see. Hey. So that they're was kind of at that age. Like they they're, are, they're, they're yeah. literally sponges with like bones are made of rubber gelatin, gelatinous material on the inside. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. They're, all, they're, they're pretty much, pretty much rubber. Um, we're the yeah. brittle people. If we come from that height, we'll break something. Yeah. I mean, just like, um, I mean, the way the doctor described it is kind of the best way is like kids bones when they're that young, it's like a fresh tree limb. Like they're very, very bendy. They're not snappy. They just, they can bend a whole lot and it hurts when they bend. Uh, but the bones aren't really brittle and hard yet. They, they're soft and thick and bend. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, fun times. So yeah, um, that's, uh, that's it for uh, my personal life. It's just kind of doing all that. Don't have really plans for anything else besides hanging out with kids. <laughs> How about you guys? <laughs> life of a parent. 
So I'll do a quick segue uh, just to reassure you. Uh, when I was stationed in Germany, uh, me and some guys, we took a trip down to Naples and then went out to Capri. We're on the island of Capri and we all chipped in and got fanciest freaking hotel that there was, there were no houses in front of us. There was a road and then there was beach in front of that. And it was fantastic. And we get up in the morning, early morning, watch the sunrise. We're like, oh, so beautiful. We're drinking our coffee. We're looking over the balcony and we look down and this little kid runs out in the road and then gets nailed by a car. Like this, and this car was going fast. The kid bounced off the car, then bounced off of the door. It was so bad. We were like, and we had just got back from Iraq. So we're in full like, whoa, like we rushed downstairs to go help this kid. And we we don't speak Italian. None of the people or anybody speaks English. Like it's just crazy. And we had a medic with us and the medic is helping out the kid. And the kid eventually gets up and is fine. And like five minutes later is walking around and, you know, the EM, their version of EMT, whatever they call them, they eventually get there and they look the kid over. It goes to the hospital, but they essentially say, yeah, this kid's going to be fine. So everything Chris said, they're made of rubber. They can bounce off of everything. Super resilient. Bubbles um, bounce. Yeah, they do. Um, so I'll go short on my personal life. Uh, those of y'all that are on Discord, I think it was just the patron channel. I posted a couple of pictures of this last weekend. So I am on AT orders right now. Y'all know I'm in the reserves. Uh, I'm doing the throw uniform on every day and play army sort of thing. On the first night uh, last weekend, my girlfriend came up and spent a night with me. We went into D.C. We rented scooters. We scooted all around the memorials. And you know, <laughs> y'all should see Alan's face because he knows how awesome it is. Like those scooters are so much fun. I used to joke on them when I first saw them, but... <laughs> If they're in your city, go rent one. Get the app, rent one, and go. You will feel like a child again. It's so much fun. <laughs> so her and I scooted around. We went to a fancy restaurant. Uh, and then we did the the war memorials. Then we scooted up to the Lincoln Memorial and then MLK and spent some time down there. And it was just, it was so awesome. And the best part is, um, it, and this is huge for me, we didn't plan anything other than, all right, we'll get together in Northern Virginia and we're going to go into the city that night and figure stuff out. And I at least tried to plan the first restaurant. But when we went to go there, I found out this restaurant was COVID closed, but that wasn't advertised on the website. So it was like closed, closed, not opening anytime soon. We just won it, went to the next place. It was an amazing restaurant. We had, a, it was the best food we had together. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was just great. It was such a fantastic night. The weather was perfect. I just, man. And the after party, hmm. she listens to this podcast, so I'm not going to say anything. It was a great night. You okay. know? So things are going very three swell to, there. Three to three giggities. Uh, we're going to raise the giggity <laughs> scale to a possible eight giggities. And that was a 10 out of eight giggities. So <laughs> it was such a good time. And then, the, so the best part is when we went to the uh, MLK one, so we checked out of our scooter and we went and we spent some time down there and we were talking and everything. 20 minutes later, we go to find another scooter. And in that part, there was only one scooter left. So from there, all the way back to where we were parked, <laughs> we both rode on the same scooter, which you're not supposed to, but everybody else was doing it. So we we're like, fuck it. But you really, it's a team effort to get those scooters going with two people on it. Because you don't just stand on it, hit the button, and go. You have to push off and get to a certain speed before the motor will engage. So it was a it was a coordinated effort. Okay. We almost died three times. 
<laughs> all three times were my fault, but eh, whatever. Did you stay off Facebook, make no comments, you know, the, during that time? And... <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, so you're out of the doghouse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot. So last time we were talking about how it's going to make it up and like we're going to get together for coffee the next morning and I overslept. <laughs> so, Oh, she, dude. But like, as I'm getting ready and I'm like, oh shit, once I figure out, like literally I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm running late. And she calls and she's like, so you ready for our coffee date? And I'm like, do you want to just come to the apartment? Because I literally just woke up. <laughs> it was, <laughs> like I, I almost messed that one up, but she came over and we hung out. It was a good time. And um definitely had a doghouse in the last one talked about it i mean clearly that's so that's what that was one of those situations if you listen to me last time like from my perspective i was like uh you know you know i'm just scrolling like and stuff this is what i do um but hearing it from her perspective i was like wow no that sounds horrible <laughs> who did that to you i did that oh my gosh <laughs> you know so uh, you know it yeah. worked it out yeah, nobody's but... nobody's mad yeah so that's life that's where we're at and i'm playing soldier for a week so that's what i got going for me it's always interesting when you get this blast in the past so like my old boss from when i was like in high school i had a job at a tutoring company uh tutoring kids and and school and she's now retired and apparently she broke her arm last week and um had surgery on it and was on a bunch of pain meds and i haven't talked to her in 11 12 years which a lot's changed in 12 years. I mean, I have a wife, kids now, like I didn't 12 years ago. <laughs> and, and, and she like randomly, like my phone rarely rings and it comes up as the, as a, as her number. Um, Cause I call her ID as the company, uh, the tutoring company. And I answer the phone conscious and she's like hyped up on drugs. And she's like, hi, we haven't talked in a while. What's new. And I was like, yeah, we haven't talked in 12 years. There's a lot new. <laughs> and literally everything is new i Every reinvented everything <laughs> uh, how much time do you have and then i realized that she's literally like off high. Of, on uh, high and like starts going on these rants about things i should read and things like that about like random authors that died in the 20s and i'm like okay okay wait the 1920s or the 2020s? 1920s. Ooh, you got to specify. I got to specify. Yeah. You got to specify. Yeah, which was, it was kind of cool. Um, I was the like, roaring 20s still, or the quarantine 20s? Which it, was still, it, was, <laughs> it was still fun, the doctor. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I just realized that my, your number's been my phone for, for you know, 12 years. It's like, yep, been living there for 12 years, rent free. Uh, you can call it anytime uh, you want. You're not on drugs. <laughs> if you're not, let's not do the drug thing. Uh, how about you, Chris? What's going on? Uh, so this past weekend was our one year, Chanel and I's one year. So went out to a really nice restaurant. Well, first off, I finished a couple of house projects. So like our outdoor sitting area is done. We got like string lights up above and got the little sitting area put together. And so, you know, we have somewhere to go once the mosquitoes decide that they want to move away. Cause right now they're really bad here in Charlotte. Um, and then we went to a phenomenal restaurant followed up by a candlelight quartet and they were playing disney songs and so of course you know that that's chanel's jam and of course i knew all the songs too so we we turned it into a sing-along <laughs> don't you dare close your eyes there you yes mm -hmm, there you go and of course they played some other things like the game of thrones theme song which they did a phenomenal job uh but yeah we did that and then 
Friday, that was Friday night. And then Saturday morning, I got up at 5 a.m. and took off and came to Virginia. I didn't tell anybody because I was in and out. I had some things I needed to pick up from Williamsburg and wanted to visit with grandma. And of course, I get there and I get put to a million and a half task. So I like scooted out of the early Sunday. I was supposed to stay, or I scooted out early Monday. I was supposed to stay until uh, two this morning. I was like, no, y'all aren't going to work me to death. Like I've gotten used to not having to do so much. And I was like mentally exhausted by Sunday midday. So I like left. I was like, yeah, I'll see you guys sometime in October, maybe. But I have a friend who's turning 18 in September, my my mentor's daughter. So I'll be there September. Okay. Anyway, it was really a relaxed weekend, though. Cool. A week. Sounds like fun. Yeah. All right. Let's move ready predictions. So um, I only had two written down, which is one, everyone is Slayer. Um, that's one prediction. And Perrin is going to form an army. You guys predicted that a while ago. Um, so I'll give you guys some kudos there. Um, you know, you he's going to come through the, the way gate a little later than you guys thought. You thought there'd be like an army waiting for him. Like, you know, yeah. you got to put the Jordan time frame on it. Like yeah. this happened in Jordan. It happened in his time. Jordanian. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You attack on a couple days. It's not going to be immediate. <laughs> yeah. Too bad that is uh, that is uh, copyrighted. Someone said Slayer with like the, you know, whenever we mention Slayer, it'd be awesome if I can splice in some actual Slayer. Like, Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> um, some anger yelling. Um, so, yeah, let's move right into this chapter. You guys ready? Let's do yeah. it. All right, so chapter 32, questions to be asked. Axed, axed. Axed, yeah, we're axed. all from Newport News. Yeah, we all asked the question. <laughs> questions to be asked. And these are parent chapters, so you should be axing shit. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> That's one of the biggest pet peeves. And people say, Freeze oh. for just a moment, though. When I got to the end of these two chapters, I wanted to smack Alan. Okay, you can continue okay well we'll get no, there <laughs> hold on hold on chris here let me admit this i got to the end of these two chapters and i was this was the first time i was actually going to intentionally accidentally keep listening i like <laughs> i needed to know where it was going but you know what we leave we leave the parent point of view after this and i was like well i'm not going to skip multiple chapters that just makes me an asshole <laughs> like, so yeah when we when we start up after this, we're we're leaving parents' point of view. So yeah, I assume yeah. we're leaving parents' point of view. No, we well, at we, least for the are. first <laughs> few sentences we are. And I know that because I cheated for a paragraph. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it does it does is a good the reason why we stopped here is because it does do a give change. Um so it's <laughs> So Robert Jordan did it too. Don't blame me. Right, Jordan. Jordan did <laughs> Jordan it. He did built. It. He built us up just to let us down. <laughs> Alan's like, yeah, we can add one more chapter. <laughs> Last week yeah. was supposed to be two. <laughs> it was. Um. So yeah. So we had the dragon's fang as the symbol. Um. And we start with uh with Varen. Um. So Varen's urging Perrin along with Tam and Abel to start moving towards Watch Hill to rescue the prisoners from White Cloaks. They have this plan. They're like, "All right, we're gonna go and we're gonna check out the White Cloak camp and and see the, the lay of the land." And I think initially it's just like, "Let's go just do some scouting." I don't think they actually plan on 
on on on actually doing a rescue attempt right away. It's just kind of like let's head over there and see we, what's going on. Even even Perrin emphasizes with everybody that decides to go along eventually. It's just going to be a recon. He's he's right. going to check it out, get the lay of the land. Right. But it, it, let's back up a little bit. Where did this happen before? Anybody? Um, well, Chris, do you do you remember where this scenario happened before? Different people, but literally same things were said. I don't remember. Refresh my mind. Give me a clue. When Pat and Fane had the chest with the dagger. Mm. And Rand. Uh, and Rand. Was like, and was and recon. Yeah. Rand was like, yeah. I'm going to just go scope it out real quick. And then he got all Tavirin and Exactly. And, and then the all, and everything back. it must be now. Let me go F some stuff <laughs> up and just save the day now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I, I kind of, I kind of, I had vibes when they were like, we're just going to recon. I was like, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this isn't happening. I it, just find it very interesting or like the conversations that Fayil was having. She's like, yeah, I wanna, I'm going to come along. I'm ready to see your country. I want to see what, more about what everything is all about. Um, and then, of course, Miss Aes is like, yeah, we could do this, but we need to move now. So mm-hmm. the, the haste that was created and the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to call it panic because it wasn't panic. It was just like, they added a level of intensity to everything. And it really got me excited for the chapter just to begin with. And then mm-hmm. we have people like Loyal, who is put on the spy game. He's like, mm-hmm. I want you to, Loyal, you, you can't come with us. I need you to spy on Alana. I need you to, to watch her. Don't stop her, just watch her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which he said thank you to. Like, thank you, because yeah. I, have you ever, <laughs> okay, we'll get there, but since yeah. you brought it up, when, when, when Loyal responds with like, thank you for the not having me intervene and then he keeps he keeps dropping things like have you ever just considered like just letting eyes to die like do their own thing and not <laughs> getting involved <laughs> like he cracked me up with that shit but, but we'll, we're, we're skipping way ahead to yeah. to get that but oh my gosh yeah let's go back a little bit to the fail comments because i do love this little interchange because she comments that she wants to see two rivers and parents like why he goes well my father used to raise sheep he goes i thought your father was a merchant she goes yeah, but he comes sheep too. And he's like, he dabbles. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. what? <laughs> so now you're forcing us to fast forward again on this comment to really close it up. Like later she talks about, and his soldiers, I mean, his um, guards, guards uh, <laughs> have some experience with. Yeah. So I, I don't know if we ever had opportunity to talk about Fayil and where she came from, but she a princess, daddy a king. Oh, yeah. She yeah. comes from money. She comes from uh-huh. her dad's the big kahuna, wherever she coming from. Saldea. Yeah. Yeah. So he so her last name is Saldea. Yeah. Her, her dad's <laughs> name is Mr. Saldea or King Saldea, depending on how you address him. But yeah. Okay. That one, the prediction category. Um is it at this point, is it really though? Is it really a prediction? Know. Or this, or have we already we figured that this out? This is established. Sure. <laughs> So hey, yeah, we do um, see that parent's gonna be king one day, so maybe this is his his way in there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All and right, let me it... let me throw a little more turmoil. Okay. And how we're we're gosh, we've never started off jumping around this bad. We're all over the place. So I'm gonna go to the third paragraph and bring it back <laughs> a little is, bit. This is Ian a bottle in already. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> No, I, I finished the wine before we even started. I'm already onto the beer. <laughs> but, okay. 
uh wait what's the background story mm, oh so yeah so that it kind of starts with a little bit of Aaron background or perspective but it quickly shifts to Perrin and Perrin's thinking inside of his head like how to play the eyes to die thing he's still weary even though it's Varen. and as much as I want to expect her to be a bad guy somehow like it's she's still just a brown aja she's so brown it's not even funny right yeah but perrin still says she intended to meddle of course i said i always did but having her where he could see her was surely better than leaving her behind his back avoiding i said i entanglements completely was all but impossible but what they meant to dabble their fingers in the only course was to try to use them while they use you to watch and hope you could jump clear if they decided to stuff your head first like a ferret down a rabbit hole. And now we're back to the parent we knew in the beginning. When parent thinking mm-hmm. yes. Go ahead, I'm finish your thought. When parent has time, it seems that he still reverts back to the he processes, he thinks, he analyzes. And this is the this is the best statement I've heard about anybody analyzing eyes to die. There's people that have thought about their fear of them, their distrust their whatever. And Perrin just goes straight to the reality of it. Here's the thing from Perrin's perspective. I said, I going to do I said, I shit. I, I trust an I said, I to be an I said, I, I know they're going to do what they're going to do. And it's unpredictable, but here's what I can do in response. I could keep an eye on them. I could try and stay out of the way. I can try and manipulate them where I can, but I need to keep an eye on them so I can dip and dive and dodge. Wait, what? what is it? Dip, dive, dive dodge, dodge, and dive. Like it's, and dive. it's, it's again, it's like it's two, it, you it's double two, up on dive. Yeah, double up on dive. I don't something, or dodge. If you, dodge if you can dodge know. a wrench, you can dodge an eyes to die. But yeah, yeah, it's like just be prepared to get out of the way when shit really hits the fan. And that is a great assessment. We we might get to the point eventually where our characters there. understand enough about them to be able to manipulate them completely. But right now, this is what he knows about Aes Sedai. That's a great assessment. Let me use them as much as I can, keep an eye on them, and get out of the way where I can. So it's it's dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Oh, double double dodge. <laughs> double yes. double dodge. So that's what parents <laughs> doing right now. Of dodgeball. The five D's of dodgeball. <laughs> so Anyways, yeah. that's my highlight. And, and isn't there like a comment that is this where Varen makes a comment about Alana as well? Like not to, or is that later? A little bit later. A little bit, a little later. bit later. Okay. Yeah. This is also the part where they see Gaul and Bane and Chiad uh, scout ahead and they make the comment about like how far apart they were. Like they're definitely mm-hmm. keeping at odds. And didn't one of them make a comment also? And this might be a little later. Like, aren't they together? Tam and together. It's like, like, aren't those three together? And parents <laughs> like, I can't bring it to tell them that, uh, no, that like, if the water oath doesn't hold, like they would kill each other right now. <laughs> yeah. he's, like, I don't, he's like, I don't even know what the water means, but if it doesn't hold, well, they we're screwed. I mean, and this is all in his head. He's like, it's not worth trying to explain the truth to him. Like, and then he has this side comment within his head, like, I really need to talk to Gull about this whole water truce thingy mabobber. Like, so what, the he- what does that mean? <laughs> here we have Perrin back at home, back in a comfort zone, taking a leadership position, but he is also no longer thinking animalistically. Agreed. Like, he's very human. He's very logical. Like, he's afraid that the craze is going to take him, and then all of a sudden, there is no craze in him. Okay. Now, does the Severan protect him from Chris? We're doing two parent chapters here, right? 
in these two chapters, how much woofiness did we talk about in these chapters? How much woofiness did we, these weren't woofy chapters. No, he used a couple mm-hmm. of instinctual, like he used his eyes. He used his smell mm-hmm. just a little bit, but yeah. he Devil. wasn't woofy at all. This was much heavier on his Taviranness, or maybe even we've talked about uh, Rand's connection to the previous Rand's of the past. We've talked about Matt's connections to previous Matt's of the past, plus his connections to the dagger. And I feel like we're getting a connection, a, a, um, a storyline of parents' connection to whoever parents connected to in the past. Maybe it's again, wow. jumping, jumping ahead. We're, we're butchering the order of these chapters, but who cares? Yeah. When, when, when Fayil <laughs> asks him, when Fayil goes like, have you been a, like a, commander of soldiers have you been in the military like like the way you're acting right now blacksmith right and yeah and he's like (laughs) i'm a blacksmith so where is he getting this from is he just digging deep and doing what he needs to do or is he linking yeah with someone some version of him from the past is it because he's close to home and that manethrin blood is it or is it who knows maybe he is the former author hawkwing Mm -hmm. i was very turned on by that by the way yeah. She is giggity. So six out of eight giggities. Yeah. So, so as they're making their way um, down the road, all the farms are pretty much deserted until they get to Jack Alcine's farm, which is not um, deserted at all. There's definitely multiple families living there. It's the opposite of deserted. Yeah. Um, and this is where they decide to stop uh, to rest their horses. Um, well, I have a question really quickly. The hammer that he carries, was that a special hammer? No, that's the hammer that he was given in Tear. Remember when he went and started working as a blacksmith? So why was Varen so interested in this hammer? Mm. Uh, because Varen reads. Varen's brown and she knows stuff. And I promise you it's going to come out. Varen read something somewhere that had some obscure prophecy that she didn't understand at the time she read it. But it just clicked because it had something to do with some dude with a beard and, and a hammer. That was my my like. I mean, Thor is a dude with beard and hammer, but like giggity. <laughs> I mean, we've had some like go take backs. We had the ravens and stuff. Of course, we know they're evil now, but the ravens and Odin, and you know, now we've got you know Perrin with the hammer, and you know, he's really being a a good guy. He's being honest. He's being loyal. I mean. He was going to give He's himself worthy for of the, the hammer. sake of his people. He's worthy of the hammer. Um, and Fael's probably going to learn soon that he'll lay the hammer down. But anyway. Um... <laughs> Giga T. <laughs> I mean, uh... just kind of thinking about, oh, yeah, a whole other random tangent. I actually started listening to a podcast. I hope we don't sound like those people do. Anyway. <laughs> but. Um... It, it really, the fact that she looked so intently at his hammer and she kind of studied it and then she kept making notes throughout. I'm like, I, I need to know what connection she made between him and the hammer in that moment. Yeah. I don't think it's her just being open to this new storyline that's unfolding in front of her and her just wanting to document it for posterity's sake. It's not that, and it, it might be some of that, but as it's happening and her making these comments like, Ooh, interesting. Ooh, ah, and like the facial expressions of looking at parent and what's going on and noting his Taviranness and whatever, like there's, she's associating it with stuff that she does know. Well, here's the other thought that I had. She might be his best hope to staying human. Hmm. 
if if he can crack the nut. See, people like this, here's the thing. People like Varen have a tremendous amount of information because they gather information, but yeah. they're not always uh analytical. They don't they're they're not the nature of their business is not to make a jump from one dot to another. They will follow a solid line from one dot to another as they find and discover and see and they'll follow that trail, but they don't make the jump. So so they can't synthesize well. They can't put one and one together and come up with a new one. It's always two. Right. Like she might know so much information if she shared it with Perrin or somebody that can make that jump, they would go, well, pretty much you're describing me and that means that xyz is going to happen she, that's not happening in her mind so yeah. we, and, and because communication is so bad i don't anticipate us getting to the point where varen can really help parent anytime soon i don't know though i feel like all these severe and are collecting their own eyes to die all right if varen talks in her sleep parent has a chance what i'm saying like maybe parent <laughs> collects maybe parent gets varen the same way that um Rand has Moraine, and we already know that Matt has made a deal with the devils that are the Fox people to where he just won't get an Aes Sedai. Yeah, he's 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 wants no no business with Aes Sedai at all. Yeah. So we'll see. Anyway, so we get to Jack Alcine's place. Um, and Tam estimates there's at least 200 Trollocs around, probably more. Um, so there's a good force of Trollocs that that Tam's estimated that there's around the two rivers area um you know, there's sorry this is gonna happen a lot tonight i think with these chapters as they're on the way there perrin is paying attention mm-hmm. before they get there he sees an empty farm but he notices that there's no people there mm-hmm. there should be people there working but there's no people there but the windows aren't broken out mm-hmm. there's no destruction mm-hmm. uh stuff's not effed up and he starts asking a couple of questions about have the Trollocs been coming to Edmonds Field? They're like, no, no, but we were just we've been lucky. And he's like, that doesn't add up to what I know about Trollocs. Yeah. And then they ask some questions and back and forth. And eventually, they're like, why do you ask? And it's Fail that chimes in and is like, well, <laughs> what he's saying is, you all should have figured out by now. If the Trollocs haven't attacked Edmonds Field and if they're not destroying shit, uh, there's a reason. There's something yeah, controlling that it's intentional, I- intentional, and they're being controlled because, and and that's when she gets into the what I know of Trollocs from my daddy telling me and da 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 da. da I mean, uh, 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 is yeah. they just destroy shit and and when Trollocs come through, they they might have an objective and if they do, they get it, but everything else around it is also going to get raped, killed, pillaged, and burned and mm-hmm. eat babies. Like that's what they do. So yeah. why isn't it happening here? It has to be intentional anyways. So parents yeah. starting to put this together. Yeah. yeah. And files backing them up, which again, I'm jumping ahead, but also here at the same time. Okay. At this time, all right. I'll say when I was reading, so y'all get the first time reader perspective at this point, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is cool. Fail has transitioned from giving parents shit to backing him up and maybe it has to do with a little respect for Perrin because he's in his home country his homeland around his family and everything she realizes the the gravity of the situation for Perrin and she has enough love for him that she's respecting him now flash forward further in this chapter and in the next chapter I start thinking all right is is Fail doing this because of 
her love and compassion for Perrin, or is she doing it because Perrin's fucking Tavirin? So she's essentially compelled to back up Perrin. And the mo- I have that and the- thought, and I also have the thought of she's also seeing Baron and the attention that she's given to Perrin, and so there's a little bit of female motivation there. Like there's Could even be. like the statement like we know that Fael will protect him from the guys to die. Like she will protect him from Baron. And so definitive. Yeah. Like not maybe she will or she'll try. Like she, I, I'm so, mm-hmm. I'm so lost about all this stuff. But yes, that yeah. Fio will definitely protect. Like Fio believes it when she said that mm-hmm. she was going to protect him. Be like, she ain't going to mess with you. You don't have to worry about her. Exactly. I'm going to protect you from this eyes to die. Like how, yeah. where does that confidence come from? Because mm-hmm. he's Tavirin or does she have the ability to defeat Aes Sedai that we don't know about? And if so, what the actual fuck? <laughs> I mean, those blades come fast. And Aes Sedai still has to make motions and gestures and say words. A blade flying in the air is going to make it there a lot quicker than some words come out your mouth. I, pre- I appreciate you playing the devil's advocate there, but I'm still confused. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. So... so Alan, do you know where we are? Because I don't. Yeah, so <laughs> they're walking up to the farm, um, to Jack Alcine's farm, and they get spotted, and everybody goes and gathers their pitchforks because they're going to defend against whoever's coming, and then they realize they're friends, and they're like, oh, never mind, it's you. Um, but it has this one scene where it's like it's this ragtag group of like farmers like grab the pitchforks, like, oh, we're going to fend them off. And and even Perrin right away is like, this is pathetic. Um, the kids <laughs> on top of the roof of bows. Okay. <laughs> So anybody that's listening tonight that has read all these chapters and they know the chapters we have together, you might think, you know, I'm doing the BS thing, but I promise you at this moment (laughs) when it's little kids on top of roofs that are calling out the warning and then people showing up with pitchforks, I'm thinking to myself, they're not doing that in preparation for parents showing up. That's their routine to survive right now. Are you thinking about the little kids downtown? That like run, no, they run to yell five zero, you know, for the drug to get paid yep. like twenty bucks from the drug dealer to go run okay. and yell when the cops are coming. That kind of that kind of works where we're at, but in this situation, <laughs> I'm already I'm already thinking now, and the reason I said it that way, I'm already thinking now what parent ends up preaching about later. What 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 are these kids going to do when Trollocs show up? How about if the Trollocs show up with a fade? How about if the fade? comes in first whacks them and then the trucks come through and show up and whack everybody else those kids on the roof with bows and arrows and the people showing up pitchforks is not defense against the threats that are out there and if the white cloaks even at this point i'm reading even if the white cloaks decide to come through and whack all of those people the defense air quotes i'm doing air quotes because y'all y'all can't see me uh they can't defend against the white cloaks the white cloaks would come through there and dice them up so what threat is out there that this posture that they're taking is defending against nothing nothing i guess it makes them feel better but it's not actually helping them so yeah yeah. so um yeah so the you know as the parent our parents finally observed by the crowd they there's some mixed reaction about parent being there and this is also where pretty boy will alcine shows up um you know good old will alcine he's he's that pretty boy so all dreamy. the girls, all the all the girls fawn over. Oh, including Fayil. 
and Perrin, Perrin doesn't want to seem jealous or anything like that, but he does this whole thing where he holds her and fingers his axe. It's like, how are you doing, Will? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's my, my lady friend that slides, I'm traveling with. Slides his arm around her real slowly. Did he do it with a yawn? Did he go, <laughs> and put his arm around fire and be like, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> We've yeah. all done that. But uh, after after Will takes a look at his axe, he he kind of he's like okay, <laughs> like leaves. <laughs> so gets the message at least, I guess. Uh, That's but, the first time that Perrin has used his axe to threaten anyone. Yeah, intentional. Yeah, he's yeah. always yes. been so fearful of oh. his relationship with the axe. And Fayul sees right through it too, and like gives him more time. So it's <laughs> but he tries to be all smooth about it. She's Fayil like, is also playing her game as well. They're mm-hmm. they're both there's games being played here. Yeah, jealousy. Yeah. So, like, going back to the statement you were making earlier, like their whole ideology is based around this frame of thought that the white cloaks are going to protect them mm-hmm. from the trollop. So, their assumption, I believe, is like if these kids are raising an alarm, we're already screwed. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it is just the mental aspect of well, we have the white cloaks. And we have some guards so the women and children can feel protected and, you know, the men can quote unquote be at the ready mm-hmm. in case alarm is raised. And to their point, I mean, they did get together really quick. That little militia came together like yeah. that to greet everybody. So, you know, at least they won't be taken off guard when they're killed. Sure. Okay. From the reader perspective. <clears throat> Right before we came out of the way gate, we had Perrin, Fael, three Aiel, and a big-ass fucking ogre. And they got jumped by a handful of Trollocs. They won, but they took significant injuries along the way, Perrin especially, right? Yeah. And, but I just gave you a list of some badass fucking fighters. If... 12 Trollocs decided to descend upon that farm and there were kids on the roof and men that are farmers show up with pitchforks. What do you think the outcome would be? I mean, we know what the outcome is. I'm not saying they would have been able to do anything. Then again, they do have the blood of the Menethrins. They may have killed one Trolloc before they were all murdered. I love your optimism. They'd be dead. As <laughs> just, I can't even think of like something grotesque enough to describe this, but they'd be dead. Like mm-hmm. quickly, or not quickly. Five more chapters, depending on Trollocs how hunters. quickly the Trollocs wanted to kill them. Yeah. Oh, so maybe. we then learn that it's the Lewins and the Elsines that are moved in together into this one farm, um, and they tell them to, they urge them to go back to the village or back to Evans Field because it's not safe in the countryside. And um, and finally gets to this whole point where a bunch of people are like trying to kind of hassle Perrin, like. You know, why are the white cloaks after you? Why are they accusing you, Matt and Rand, of being dark friends? And and Fayil goes to speak up, and Perrin's like, I got this. And Perrin just flat out just tells him the truth. He's like, listen, I killed some of them. Uh, I don't know why they're after Matt and Rand. It doesn't make any sense to me, but the reason why they're after me is because they tried to kill one of my friends. Actually, they did kill one of my friends, and I retaliated, and that's what happened. Um, and they kind of just accepted the answer. They're like, okay, sounds about right. <laughs> so, okay. Gosh, I, I love your quick synopsis. Synopsis, synopsis, scoliosis. What is the word? Yeah, synopsis. Your little paraphrasing here of what happened. Happened. 
there's so I'm just much send the good scene and letting you guys take it away. That's what I tried to say. <laughs> Don't interrupt me. I almost I was getting there, setting the scene. But there's so much more to it than that. Okay. After everything that's happened between Perrin and Fayil, okay, and we know the type of person Fayil is, she doesn't care who's around. She's gonna say her piece. She's not gonna be told to be quiet by anybody. She's getting ready to speak. She's getting ready to say something. And Perrin just does a subtle, I got this. And she stops. That's uncharacteristic of everything we've seen up until this point. So back to my question. Is Fayil doing this because she recognizes something significant about the situation? She loves Perrin and she realizes these are his people and she's letting him take the lead? Or is the Taviran taking over? And the only reason I keep bringing it up is there's a danger with... Fayil's type of personality, if the moment she considers, the moment she thinks it's possible that she's acting the way she is because Perrin is Tavirin, she's going to react very negatively. I think she also reads the room well, realizing this is Perrin's people. But never like, She's a foreigner. She's a foreigner, though. Never up until this point has she but, read the room well. Or has she gave true. a shit. But we haven't, we haven't been around where Perrin's people. with his people. Right. So, so and that's what I'm saying. That could be it. Because this is the other thing. She is around parents, people, and she's trying to make a good impression. And she's trying to let Perrin be a man. Like, if you put him out in front of his own people, I mean, the whole pussy whip thing is real. But, you know, the women, women understand, men too, in their own rights, when you're within your group of people, the spouse will take a step back and kind of let you handle things until you fuck it up. So I can appreciate that. All I'm saying is we haven't seen evidence of that up until this point. So it's right now what's happening is uncharacteristic. But he's never been in a moment where he's in charge either. True. It's always been Rand in charge. Yeah. And now we have the leader coming out. I agree with you. There could be a little bit of Severan leaking in here. Because the people are listening to him. There's the difference. I think she realizes that the people are listening. And she's and not going to take that away from him. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I'll, I'll say when there was that brief moment of surprise from Perrin, when he was like, oh, I'm surprised she didn't, like, I waved her off and she stopped. Like, whoa. Me as a reader, I had the same surprise. Like, mm. whoa. Mm. Almost yeah. to the point of questioning, why did she do that? But anyways. Yeah. And you definitely have a lot of tension going on in this crowd. I mean, definitely some people are like, turn him over the white cloaks right now. Like he's a dark friend. And Perrin makes a good point. Like, or I think it's Varen actually steps up uh, eventually to his, to his aid and says like, listen, white cloaks are good at one thing and that's turning neighbors against each other. And you've known Perrin forever. Who are you going to trust? The guy you grew up with or these people just came that you've known for like a it week. It was tag team um, Varen and her, her warder. Her right. warder yeah, Thomas was. was the one that was like, well, I mean, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, what are you going to believe? This person that grew up here that you've known forever? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to believe that people, the people that came in here, kidnapped some of your people, torched some of your buildings, told you this is the way? Like, who are you trusting at this point? And right. there was still one person in the group that wanted to like speak up, but yeah, she got shut yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jack Alcine and his wife eventually agree to let parents stay. And they're like, well, we can have the kids look out, you know, and you can hide in the attic if the white cloaks start coming or something like that. And um, Stay and, forever. 
yeah, not stay, stay for a little bit. Like yep. that was an offer to yep. stay forever. forever. Yeah. Um, and as they're kind of finishing up this whole hair thing, a boy announces that Lord Luke is approaching. And that's how we end this chapter with the grand fair fan, fair fan of Lord Luke. Huh. The prick. Yeah. So. All right. I don't, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I feel like we zoom through that. Uh, there's, there's good, yeah, there's a lot. So you guys can go back. Yeah, let's. I'm not in the right state of mind to go too far back. I so, so many things like the, who was forgive me for the terms that I'm using, but the man of the house that was taking charge of the conversation with Perrin. Who was that? That was um, shucks. It was his farm. Yeah, 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 Jack. So, the way he went about the conversation with Perrin, I I think he was. Uh, I, I mean, very well done on his part because he gave everybody in the group an opportunity to speak, uh, but at the same time was very fair to Perrin, right? Oh, very much so. Um, his wife was very much sticking up for Perrin. Who was the woman in the group that was like accusatory towards Perrin and Tam and everybody just... Natty Lewin? I think. Or yeah. Uh, Lewin, is, was it one of the Lewins? It was Natty. I know that was her first name. I don't know. Natty... <laughs> A lot of natural light. Fuck yeah, a lot of natural light. Woo! Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember last. I think it was Natty, but I can't yeah. remember her last name. Someone so, might be able to say in the chat. Um, I don't know. I guess not that important. I guess I'm not sober enough to go too deep and go back too far. But just that whole scenario was, while there was tension, like I felt it was moderated very well by the dude whose farm it was. He did a very good job of being fair to Tam and Abel and uh, Perrin especially, but mm -hmm. also let his people put in their two cents and open the floor to everybody. So, yeah, you know. It's... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, he did a very good job of mediating. You can tell he was one of the elders and he was respected. Um, and he brought his families near. Like, he brought people to him. I think that's kind of where Perrin got the idea, like strength in numbers is a thing. And I know we're, we're jumping ahead now to the next chapter, but, you know, I think that was one of the things that Perrin realized is like, they've got a good group of people here. Like there's something to this. Um, and I think one of the, the tensions that were brought up in this chapter don't stick out as well because it's not our focus. I think the romantic aspect of this chapter was of, utter importance and we kind of breeze through it because right. like we said Fael and Perrin both were playing a game with each other we watched mm -hmm. Fael and Perrin you know be off to each other and treat each other horribly and lack of communication and now we have Fael attempting to make Perrin a little jealous with her you know moment with Will and then Perrin stepping in like claiming Fael as his own like you have that, these but, moments but then she supports him in the moment where like he does a quick hand motion of i got this this is also saying like let me get this it's almost a question of like hey i know normally you do something else i know normally you would chime in but let me get this and she lets him so she also yeah. supports him in the end yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing the evolution of their relationship um and we're seeing her kind of have the aha moment of like Perrin does full on care about his people that much. 
So I now kind of have a better understanding as to why he did not want me with him because he's going to do whatever it takes for his people. Mm-hmm. And that makes a good quality of a king. So maybe Fael is beginning to accept the fact that she may have somebody that's actually worthy of being with her. That's true. She's starting to talk about more and more, my father this, my father that. And once she starts comparing a, mm-hmm. a perspective future mate with my father, my father, that's mm, lockdown time. Mm-hmm. 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 She got a, she got a bullseye on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else that we missed or I'm sure we missed a lot, but anything else you guys want to talk about? I don't know. I mean, the only other thing I can really think about is just like having the IEL individuals kind of skate away and not really be a part of the conversation was kind of tactfully good. Mm-hmm. Is that next chapter though? Or is it this chapter? I might be getting it. That's ahead of myself. next chapter. That is next chapter. Yeah. So, I mean, there wasn't really like I actually, for all that there was in this chapter, the things that were kind of of importance is like the whole there was comments made about tam about how he had been in war but Mm -hmm. then he's kind of taking a back seat to parent yeah which i found highly amusing and super interesting because he really did allow Aaron to start to take command of the conversation when when they first arrived everybody kind of let parent fly because tam was with him it's like Tam is falling into like a general type role and a subordinate to parent. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe we are seeing the creation of a little army here. Maybe we're seeing Monethrin reborn. Hmm. And the only other thing I have is everything we know about Two Rivers people, and they even mention it like, you know, people just don't kill people there. Like, that's not a thing. And this is where Perrin was raised and everything and he has those same morals and the moment he admits he's like look they're after me because i killed some of them i mean like they were gonna kill me they were coming they killed one of my friends they were gonna kill me i had to and like it was just quickly accepted yeah and he makes a point that like murder never happens like the last time murder happened was like when he was a kid and some wife killed her husband so rare and it's super rare but it was quickly accepted and like brushed off by jack like hey look i mean it seems like that's what you had to do mm-hmm. i don't know it's, yeah, yeah. I, I, i'm ch- at this point i'm already chalking up the everything going on to the taverness like you, you and varen yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think so when she started talking about it i'm as i'm reading i'm nodding my head going that's gotta be it you know you're yeah. agreeing with Farron. Mm-hmm. downtown georgia brown <laughs> <laughs> there you go all right. Anything else before we move on? That's it. That's All right. Moving on to chapter 33, a new weave in the pattern. And the chapter symbol is the Wheel of Time symbol. And we're, taking, we're picking up right where we left off with uh, Lord Luke arrogantly entering Alcine's farmhouse. And Perrin immediately is like, yeah, screw that guy. That guy <laughs> sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's almost an inherent disdain. Yeah. Like he should hate this guy for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think even if parent didn't say it, just like if there were the descriptions of everybody fawning over him and everything, and then listening to what he said, I also would not like him. 
<laughs> so there's a few like uh, things that Perrin notices right away, which I, I do appreciate. So like he notices that Luke is startled when he sees Baron and he picks it up right away. He's like, he knows she's I said I. And <laughs> looks at her hand trying to find the ring. Mm-hmm. Notice her 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 I said I youthfulness. Yeah. And then appears to be shocked awesome. when he sees Perrin too. He sees Perrin is a little taken back too. So um, yeah. two options there. Either he can see a Taviran type aura or he gets the wolfiness with the yellow eyes. Like one of the one or, of those two. Or he's a Forsaken, a low level Forsaken. Oh, he might have been from the Dark Friend Social. And he had yeah. seen the the figures of the three boys and finally sees him and goes, Oh shit, that's him. Mm. Could have been Dark I'm Friend Social like, person. Yeah. I'm thinking low level Forsaken. Looking to him claim some land for himself. He brings some Trolloc along with him and maybe a fade to control him. Mm. And he feels a little threatened. The other thing he sees is, uh, you know, the gold working on his clothes. So he's clearly a little uppity. And then there's mm. that wolf on his belt. Yeah. God, that's got me thrown for a loop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to make him our slayer, but he just seems too prissy. Man, that's just like a Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde type thing going on here. Yeah, I don't know. I can't I can't make him Slayer just because he seems too much like a Pris. But a dark friend, a low-level, yeah, mm-hmm. low-level mm-hmm. Forsaken, I can see that. Okay. Interesting. That in what, the if, what, what if he turns out to be another wolf brother? Mm-hmm. And maybe he's his the opposite of Slayer. Be, his eyes would be a different color. You assume maybe he found a way to control that. You're right. He'd be a little wussy though. Maybe see. Maybe he's surprised seeing Perrin because there's some wolfy prophecy where he's like, "Oh shit, this is the man!" And I've been, I've been dodging my duties and being a little, little wolf punk. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So, anyways, so what do you guys think of your initial reaction? I mean, obviously, you say you don't like them. Uh, so let's move on to uh, <laughs> question uh, well, asked a, and answered. Uh, yeah. So let's move that's right not on. To say I don't like him, it's just that if Perrin doesn't like him, then I don't like him. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So also, Perrin and Flan Lewin are are beginning to have this discussion too while this is happening. So he's walking in and and they're kind of arguing about how to keep the farm safe and and Flan's just kind of like. Well, good old Lord Luke is suggesting that we defend ourselves, and this is why we're putting boys on the roofs, and and we're pulling ourselves by the bootstraps, and blah, blah, blah. He actually actually saved us last time when the Trollocs attacked, and parents like, I thought you said the White Cloak saved saved you. Well, Well, yeah, but if they didn't, Lord Luke's plan would have... But but, but, yeah, he would have saved us, and yeah, and and parents like, I I just think his idea is a horrible idea. It's like, do you guys think better? It's like, actually, I do. You guys yeah. just need to leave everything and yeah. head head <laughs> yeah. into and head to Evansfield. And they're like to, to the point before, like if the Trollocs decided to come kill you all, I hope you know you would all die. By the time <laughs> your boys on the roof are like, I think there's Trollocs, when they turn around to tell everybody, the people they were telling would be dead, and then they would die. Like right. this is stupid, <laughs> right? <laughs> And Perrin makes an argument for strength in numbers, saying that, like, you know, by you guys all creating these little pockets everywhere, it just makes for easy pickings if the Trollocs actually do want to attack. It just makes for for an easy easy harvest. But 
if you guys all congregate in, in groups and numbers, it makes a whole lot more of a formal force, both for the white cloaks and for the Trollocs. Um, this is a better idea. And they're like, but my farm and my, my fields will go to weeds and blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, well, you can replant, but you know, if they kill your kid, like, think about it. <laughs> yeah, that was like my favorite. Um, he knew exactly. Yeah. He didn't intentionally pull on the heartstring, but the minute he said, like, you can regrow that, but what about that? Pointing to the baby and the mm-hmm. mama clinches. And then, of course, like, as soon as mama, it dawned on her, she's like, all right. All the men knew right then and there what the deal was. Like, All the women started tugging on the sleeves of their men going, he's making a boy. Yeah. <laughs> they even think they have some pushback. They're like, you know, well, Lord Luke and the White Cloaks are never trying to scare us like you are. He's like, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to talk real talk here. Like, that's, yeah. I'm just trying to be real, real with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, talking sensibly. Like, yeah. I'm not giving you what you want to hear. I'm telling you what you need to hear. If you don't want to listen, that's up to you. But this is the deal. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting. Because even, like, again, he, he unintentionally impacted the people that needed to be impacted well enough to where it was like, all right, here's a good thought. Here's a good idea. What are we going to do about it? And he was absolutely right. You can, you can regrow. If they come through and burn your crops, you can plant a new one. I mean, that's sometimes the best decision to make. Burn a crop. Mm-hmm. Let it could turn into soil get a better harvest the next year insurance claim bam federal (laughs) subsidies bam he he also made the point he says like i passed through a ton of farms and none of them were touched like they're not after they're not going to just burn they're they're not after this so they're they're coming for people yeah so so leave it go get straight numbers It, it it still begs the question his original question and the one Fael asked, like, why was Edmonds Field protected? Is it a strength in numbers thing there? Or is there a double agent within the Edmonds Fielders that's, and that's what's keeping him protected because. A secret agent man? Secret, secret agent, agent man. man. Secret agent man. Yeah. But like, is, is there a double agent? Is there somebody that's, is there somebody that was part of the Dark Friend Socials? There's somebody in there that's keeping them protected. Maybe not for Mordith. I don't know. He's a little chaotic. I don't know. But it, it's okay, still I odd to me that they haven't been shellacked yet. Edmonds Field still stands for the reason why they stated. It. It's bait. Yeah. 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 And even even Lord Luke's like, actually, it's a solid plan. I don't want to admit it, but yeah, you kind of have a point. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's he like, kinda, I'm just going to watch it. It's like, and then I'm just going to kind of leave now because people don't really care about me anymore. And just kind of leaves without any, like, kind of sneaks out the back, like, okay, creeps out. Well, like, I, I imagine the meme of like Homer backing into the hedges, like, yeah, <laughs> he got called out for being a fraud, but it wasn't just Perrin calling him out for being a fraud. I even look at the uh, the interchange between him and Fail, where Fail, like, everybody's like, oh, a hunter for the horn, he's so awesome, and he's like, I'm a hunter for the horn, I'm so awesome, and Fail goes, by the way, I'm also a hunter of the horn, and he was like, oh. And then quickly changes topic and like moves along and like she gave him this kind of questioning look and it's uh, Alan and I talked offline when I had finished reading the chapters we didn't talk about much you know I don't I don't want you all to feel like you missed out but one of the things I did mention was I get the vibe that maybe he wasn't actually a hunter for the horn maybe this was a story he threw out there maybe he's like a complete and total fraud uh I I don't know. 
I don't know enough about the camaraderie between the different hunters. Maybe they all hate each other. I don't know, but I I feel like there would have been more conversation between him and Fael. And Fael's initial reaction, his reaction seemed a little negative. So I don't know. I, I think. I remember the initial reaction though was of her appearing to be into him. But she, I think she was fucking with Perrin. Honestly, yeah. I think she was doing that thing. I mean, yeah, she kind of admitted to that, but at the same time, like, it's one thing to appear, it's another thing to have physical chemical reactions, the blush in her cheeks, mm -hmm. the change of her tone. Like, there was an instance there where they were very familiar, is what it said in the book. Yeah. And familiarity implies maybe he, he was a lord indeed, and maybe you're right. Maybe he took off to hunt for the horn to get away from where he was to make himself seem like a bigger person maybe he's the lesser lord the lesser of like 13 males and he's number 14 in the line so mm -hmm. he's i'm almost forsaken <laughs> <laughs> like who who knows but like she was at least charmed a little bit in the beginning and she didn't seem to disbelieve that he could be a hunter it's just that he switched the subject so rapidly when she admitted that she herself was okay but how about also her saying so you really think the horn might be here and him going who knows where it could be well then why the fuck are you here man if you have no clue where it would be why would you go i'm gonna start in Edmondsfield. field it just it screams fraud so okay as you were talking about but does it if, that's menethrin no fraud um in my mind if if what you say is true that her blushing and everything was legit and it wasn't just playing on pairing that alan alan you look like you're trying to work out an uncomfortable fart sorry my armrest <laughs> got stuck so i'm trying to like push it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> like but we can only see the view of your head you're leaning to the side and you're grunting and groaning it looks like you're trying to quietly work one out <laughs> <laughs> i got it fixed oh, um, okay good um so the only thing i can think of if her reaction was real right and i'm convinced that he's a fraud and she senses it but she's still blushing and everything maybe this guy has some tiberiness to him but perrin's tiberiness is just stronger so that would still make him somebody significant even though i think he's a douche kind of dude like but Perrin is just more significant and he recognizes something great in Perrin whether it's being a wolf brother with the yellow eyes that's the obvious one if you know about them um if you have the ability to to see that somebody is to Baron, which we know some people have that capability maybe he can also I, I, just, I, I don't know exactly what's going on here but he is inferior in some way and I think a fraud well you know but even Parent acknowledge that there's something familiar about the man. That may, that, may, that makes out. me believe Slayer could be a, a potential, like he could potentially yeah. be Slayer. But I don't know. I'm kind of beside myself on this dude right now. He may mm. not even come back in. He may have been, that may have been his fame to claim. His farewell. farewell. Yep. <laughs> that, that'd be a funny one. But yeah. I, so that's the one thing parents familiar familiarity oof, with him that part i don't i don't get i can't connect those dots i don't even have a guess 
normally have a wild guess, but I have nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. So after Lord Luke leaves, uh, they decide to go with parents' advice. They're like, finally, they all come around and say, yep, all right, let's pack our stuff and leave. And everybody heads out and leaves for Emmons Field, except for a small group that heads with parent as well. Um, he does recruit some of them to come with him towards Watch Hill. And they start making their way. Go ahead. It's more like they insist on going. I don't yes. think he had the intention of recruiting. True. They just wanted to go, and he's like, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they got. And they stop by a few other farms along the way, and Perrin does the same thing to everybody. He's like, hey, go to Evans Field. And they're all like, yeah, let's go. And like, with hardly any hesitation at all. And then that's when Varen starts to like lean in, like, to Varen. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 was, it was funny because the militia started to build itself. Mm-hmm. Like the men were instantly inspired to come with him and then to talk others into coming as well. Like, it's like those that could was, contribute were drawn to the party. And it was like, he again, he was on a reconnaissance mission and you hear in the background, brah, we're going to break him out. We're going to save him. Like this is happening. Yeah, brah. Yep. Also, at this point, I'm getting the vibe. So when when... <laughs> And it's because of my own stupid way of reading this book, but we we just transition where normally I would normally I'd call my friend uh, loyal who's who's not he didn't come with me again small car there's no way I could get him to Fort Belvoir he's back at the apartment hanging out uh, but normally I would say Perrin like why do you think all these people are following or loyal why do you think all these fo- people are following Perrin and he'd go oh, to Varen right but now we have another character we have Varen. So Varen, Varen, open your notebook, flip back a few pages when you were writing about all these people following Perrin. And why is that? And she would have in bubble letters <laughs> with a check yes or no. She would say with a heart with a heart on the, with eyes. the heart. Yeah. <laughs> and she'd fold it up like a football and mm-hmm. pass the note through class and hope the teacher doesn't see it. And you open it up and it says to Varen. <laughs> 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 so now now I'm thinking Varen and Loyal would make a cute couple. <laughs> she would because you know he just wants to let the eyes to die do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. It just have you ever thought about just letting the eyes to die do whatever they want and not saying anything? Just <laughs> let them have their way. And parents like no, and he's like, and and Loyal's like. Because I think that'd be sexy. Well, I mean, uh, 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 I'm gonna go write. I'm gonna go write my book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what he's thinking. Yeah, and this is also when Varen approaches Perrin about Alana, and doesn't provi- provide any really specifics on it, but says, you know, don't trust her. And he's like, why? Well, I guess let's just say there's different factions within the White Tower, and yeah, don't trust her. I love that. We're gonna learn more about that. Yeah, I love that Perrin is like in in his in his mind, he's like, okay, I already don't trust her because Egwene's like, don't trust her. And I already told Loyal, keep an eye on her because I don't trust her. But now I'm questioning why you're telling me don't trust her. Like, what do you know that I know that you know that you know I don't know, but what don't I know? Just what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what do you think about, what do you think about that? I mean, what do you think about not trusting Alana? Do you think Alana's, what, what do you think about Alana? Do you trust Varen on this or do you think that? So we don't know much about Alana right now. Nope. 
but except, what we do know, except she'll she'll take another warder if she can and she might make Perrin one well, she's she, green so the she green might giggity that she might giggity <laughs> that <laughs> yeah i mean unless again we do know Varen well enough to know that she's a brown and she's only there for you know the the, the data she wants to know all the things but then and she's puffs. not one exactly she's not one to give an opinion based on personal feelings it's all logical analytical thought she hasn't oh. really given an opinion up until this point has she no she's only stated what she's known and she's taken notes about what she's seen is is this one of the first like varen's or, or the first things where, where varen's been like do or don't do this this is my take and alana has been cast for the show by the way so who that i just sent it um it's Priyanka Bo- Pose. Pose. Um, you sent us the loyal one too, and I haven't looked at it. Oh, that's just them walking down the street. Uh, but yeah, loyal's been cast as well. Oh, Who's playing loyal? Uh, Hamarad. I can't pronounce his last name. Um, I gotta look that up later. We'll say she's we'll cute. I hope she sticks around for a while. Yeah. So anyway, Chris, Chris stop licking your lips as you look at the picture. That's... <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding i made that up sorry chris is more of a gentleman than that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so <laughs> fayil then asked perrin for forgiveness um to forgive her for actions with will seen and lord luke and perrin asked her to forgive him for the things that um uh that he um that, that try to keep her from coming from the two rivers they have this little please forgive me i know not what i do yeah and, and then also Perrin at this point wonders if Fayil's father worked for a noble woman, given that how she reacts to everything. So oh, he's like, maybe maybe she's, she's making this stuff up because she's actually poor. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she's, maybe she's been around nobility. And that's why she. Yeah. Uh, she's a slave girl that's seen it, but ain't lived it. Yeah. Perrin is so. God, come on, Perrin. Hello. I don't skip over the fact hey, too, that Perrin hey. asked for forgiveness. And Varen's like, forgiveness for what? And Perrin's like, oh, Lord, I'm in for something even worse later on down the road. She's not giving me forgiveness. She's not even acknowledging that I did anything wrong. What's going to happen? The anxiety. I know that <laughs> feeling. I've felt that before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not to say I've ever done anything to make anybody want to like do anything negative to me. Yeah, but an apology doesn't need to be an essay. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Just let's move on. Y'all were both shitty. Too late to, each to other. say sorry. Um, sometimes it is. Yeah. yeah there is a point. Yeah, <laughs> there a is point. a point where. Late. Yeah, it's too late. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, so before we move to actually get into the White Cloak camp, uh, anything we want to talk about from these scenes before we move to the actual White Cloak camp? Did I mention I envision Varen and Loyal getting it on? Like that should be. Let's get it on. That should be in the show. Okay. I mean the fa- so I mean <laughs> yeah. So we have this. We have the moment, and I know I skipped ahead earlier, but this is the moment where Perrin realizes that he has taken charge. Like he's organized these people in the manner of a few hours. He's got them all to give up their entire livelihood, move to the city, and they're essentially or move to Edmonds Field. And he's amassed a small little army too, like in a matter of hours. He amassed like a small little army, yeah. 
He's collecting and that's people. Saying, like, he quite literally, he's putting together a city state. Like, he's moving the people there. He's telling them all what to do. He's organized two separate parties. These people are bringing people to his cause. Like, mm -hmm. you, you know, Ian, you were the one that was saying it earlier on. Like, they're all going to be severe and they're all going to be in charge in their own particular way. And now yeah. I can see the formation of a new organization, a new, and I mean, we, we alluded to it and we had this hope that he was going to find, you know, Manethrin people in the mountains. Maybe he did just at the foot of the mountains in Edmonds field. And maybe he brings them all together and he organizes them and he gets them instructed by these warders that are here with Baron and Alana. And maybe they take up arms and he goes to the dragon's aid at the at book 12 or whatever the one that's one solid chapter of war and battle and fight maybe we're seeing the rebirth of Manethrin. Mm -hmm. oh and we've seen visions of, it, of him being a king exactly he's and creating his we've city assumed it was the wolf world but maybe he does maybe he's the one who stands up Manethrin. maybe he's the one that brings this part of the world back up exactly the position of prominence and there's not to say that the wolves don't return because there's still slayer to deal with slayer <laughs> well on the human side if it's lord luke he's a punk yeah but but maybe like the wolves come to join him to defeat slayer and then we have this new woman in uh talian grial and the man there that we haven't interacted with yet. Maybe this is the, and we know the woman is uh, Brigitte. 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 So maybe this is like, yeah, Brigitte, maybe this is the rebirth of Manethrin. Meow. Okay. Anything else before we move to White Cloak camp? All right, let's go to White Cloaks. Um, so several of the young men decide to go with Perrin to scout out the White Cloak camp. Uh, Will Seen is one of the ones along with uh, some of the Lewins. Um, they're all a little bit older than Perrin, but they all take his leadership. And then the Aiel show up. Gaul, Bane, Shiad. Um, Spears, Spales. Spales, everything. And, and Perrin's like, It's about to go down. The <laughs> so gets My mama said. Same team, same team. Same team, same team, same yeah, team. There you go, friendly Chris. fire, friendly fire. Come on. My mama, My mama told mama me said. to take you. <laughs> He said, you ain't got no nipples. <laughs> All right, so. Now you're looking at each other like nipples. What? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Anyway. Perrin um, has that epiphany that he's not only leading this group of older boys, he's leading Tam, the war-hardened veteran. And Tam's like, boy, I'm used to it. This isn't the first time that a younger person's taken charge. You're doing a good job. Keep leading on. Tam is going to be his general yeah. in his army. Oh, you're excited for that. I am. Like, I'm like, yes. Like, Perrin, I like, Perrin is my guy. We connect so well. I could just see him slowly being brought to this status of king of Manethrin reborn. Like, Edmund Field is just going to flourish under him he's gonna just grow it so much the wolf people are gonna join them and it's just gonna become 
a huge deal. Yeah. So we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but Perrin, if he if he if he fulfills this role, I see him as the warrior king. I I see him as the, I mean, you see like general king officer type. Tam, even if you go back to the very beginning with him and Rand going down the road heading to uh, Beltine, whatever yeah. Edmondsfield for the festival, whatever. He has this mentorship type role that he plays. He's mm-hmm. he's there to lead, but also to teach and to guide and to and to build them up and to grow them. And like that's an advisor. And but where I come from, that's the role of uh, on the enlisted side. That's the role of a non commissioned officer. Training is NCO business. So Tam is your your sergeant major and. In this scenario, parent is your really doesn't matter the officer level you put him on. Your colonel, your general, your whatever he's leading the show, and Tam's the number two. That's like, all right, you just give me the task and I'll make sure the people get it done, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So that that's how I envisioned it playing out. Yeah, which kind of plays yeah, you know where Chris, you know where he gets his funding from his new father-in-law. Oh, that was fire safe. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, I have all sorts of conspiracy theories, and yeah. I, I can give you the inside <laughs> scoop. But that's that's for that's what people. That's not even a us. bonus episode. Yeah. That's for me to rant late night in the voice channel. Just yeah, yeah. You, you don't hear that from me. That's... So uh, also one thing I, I I didn't want to skim over once the once parents little group of young men starts to build up more and more and more. And the party gets, they're kind of loud and getting kind of rambunctious and excited. And parent eventually turns around to them and tells them all to shut up or go home. And I love the Shut scene the too. Fuck. It wasn't Varen. <laughs> was it Varen that like our was it Tam? Tam turns to him. Was like, where'd you learn? Like, he's like, I just said whatever. Uh, uh, the Shinarin soldier I once knew. I tried to make it sound like that. Uh, and thought of Uno. It's like, but he Uno, said it with yes. a lot more words. <laughs> yep, that was the very like uh, uh, PG thirteen Uno version of a right. motivational <laughs> speech. <laughs> right, it was watered down. Yeah. So they finally get to watch Hill. Um, they uh, ditch the horses because they, they want to attract less attentions, uh, attention. And um, they realize there are literally hundreds of white cloaks, cloaks in the encampment. Um, yeah. Um, is, it, is it just me or did you picture looking at a camp where like people keep marching around looking like they're doing official shit, but they're just randomly moving around? In official ways, <laughs> like there's like a Monty a, Python scene, like exactly. Yeah, I, I, I pictured saw, it. Monty Python. <laughs> there's like fifty of them over here, where one of them yells at him and goes, rush, 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 and they just get together and they go, rush, rush, and they march in a random direction. What's, what's they the saying they say? The like, all's well with the night, or something like that. And like all's exactly, well with the all's but well they're the actually night. not paying attention to what's around. <laughs> they're not really <laughs> looking at their surroundings. They're just going through the motions, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, which happens in real life too. I mean, soldiers get that way. Um, and they stand guard for hours and hours and hours. Um, that's that's true. Except uh, they've they've fought and killed some Trollocs in the area. So the not giving a shit, not paying attention, that happens when you're on fire watch for the third time in the barracks after, in four nights. That happens when you're on guard duty in a garrison environment or in a training environment where you're like, shit, no, that's going to happen. And you bullshit and don't pay attention. Did you hit record, Alan? Oh, no, we're recording. It's okay. just that someone made a comment and 
Okay, go ahead, because gonna... you you had a shitty look on your face, and I was like, uh, God no. damn it. If, if you didn't no, no. hit record, I swear to God, I'm going to bed no, right no, now. We're, we're recording. We're recording. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, it just says, uh, this is the comment from chat, which I, I, I chuckled at, which was, uh, is Tam number two because he's the shit? yes why yes he is you know what call him out by name let's give him some credit because that was quality that was really Uh, good that was nathan uh deuterino uh deuterino deuterino you are right he is number two because he is the shit (laughs) so now it's time traveling shit that's Well, and the podcast has reached an all-time low. <laughs> so Tam is, is this really the lowest we've been. Tam, I don't no. think so. Tam Much is lower. Mr. Tam is Mr. Hanky of the Christmas Poo. Uh, yes, <laughs> there it is. Hi. Oh. <laughs> hey, guys. hey, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for our Christmas special at Bill Time. Woo. <laughs> Uh, so anyways um i was gonna finish the second half of that by saying in an environment where you know there's a known threat it's the exact opposite your adrenaline's through the roof and normally your senses your senses are heightened much more Mm -hmm. and you're paranoid about every fucking sound yeah blah 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 but these white clothes are sound go ahead Hmm? well i was just i I love when the time delay happens (laughs) So uh, it seems the only explanation I could have at this point are that the white cloaks in this area are way overconfident, way overconfident. Mm -hmm. So there's a known threat in the area, but they're still just going through the motions. That's cockiness in a bad way. They're setting themselves up. Even that a stone dog could sneak into camp. Oh, yeah. Love that line. Okay. Okay. Trying to be one of these maiden ladies (laughs) making stone dog jokes. First of all. I like I like him, and I, I think he could zip through the woods with them and be undetected and help with the rescue. Also, all right, since we've been jumping around tonight, when one of them was giving him shit, the other one stopped him. They looked at each other and blushed. Let's talk about that, because I think she gave her girlfriend the wink like, I've decided I want to hook up with this guy, and I want you to be my sister cousin wife uncle brother <laughs> cousin sister whatever the combination is i feel like one of them is trying to get get some of that because there's blushing come on with a wink yeah. so this is also the scene where parent does give an order to tam to go settle down the young men and give him rations to eat and abruptly he realized he just gave orders to tam and he's like i am so sorry and tam's like uh dude i followed younger men before like it's it's fine. Like, and he calls good. them by first name. Yes, and he stops himself. He's like, "What did I just do?" And Tam's like, "No, you're cool." Um, which I, I love that scene. It's just it's very much like Perrin coming to what he's now becoming. Like, it's a becoming. Moment. Yeah, it is. It's a rite of passage. Becoming Alan. Hmm. Becoming what? I mean, you guys were talking about him becoming like a leader. But what was he? Versus he was a what blacksmith. Is he? he was a he blacksmith. Now. But now what is he? Now what he's is a leader. He? He's a leader. Of what? Oh, yeah. Uh, how do you men, get there? Of men. Like, how do you get Tavir, there? Tavirin. <laughs> okay, okay, loyal. 
Uh, so anyways um we're laughing at him but that's everything we've said this episode that's the whole content that's at this at this point varon asks if if he needs to rescue the prisoners tonight um and he's like you know what sure yeah that's exactly what we're gonna do Um, he makes a good point though with everybody that they've freed air quotes that are going back to edmund's field like it's gonna be pretty obvious soon that they're there Mm mm-hmm Right. Like, because the, the patrols happen, people are going to ask mm-hmm. questions. Why the fuck are you here? Eventually, someone's going to talk. He's like, our opportunity to do the whole surprise thing is like, now we're going to lose it. If we yeah. wait, we got to go now. So it wasn't just, ah, uh, yeah, it was, it made, it made sense his reason for going in there and doing the rescue yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So then we get this whole scene where parents sneaks into the white cook camp and he brings Fayil too. He actually, uh, uh, I was just about to say, we cannot skip over the point no. where Fayil cuddles up next to him, like, hey, big daddy, I'll follow you anywhere. She is super turned on by this. Yeah. Or, and Perry, or, and, or has she and, been to Varen? This is, I don't know. Well, Perrin doesn't actually um, resist this time. Um, and, you know, maybe it's because he doesn't want to, he wants to avoid confrontation. But at the same time, he's just like, yeah, you know what? This time, let's do, let's, Let's uh let's do ride or die. My ride or she die. Feels let's let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie Clyde. She's like, oh yeah, hey daddy. <laughs> the the trouble with ride or die, one of the one of the possible outcomes is die. It's <laughs> people say it like it's cool, but you know, it's you gotta be you gotta be comfortable with the die portion. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you guys did ride tandem on a scooter in DC. We did free ride or die, like on sidewalks and jumping curbs and stuff. And yeah. I kind of went to cross the street when we had the light for the crosswalk, but the car that was making a left-hand turn from the opposite direction didn't see us. <laughs> and <laughs> when in doubt, throttle out. That's the way I was raised. So I got on the, <laughs> I got on the throttle, but it only goes ten miles an hour in DC. <laughs> the ones in Norfolk go fifteen. Huge uh, difference. Huge difference. So I'm trying to throttle out, and I'm That's like, oh said. man. Well, hopefully he sees me because if he doesn't, not gonna make it. <laughs> well, no. Mer- Meredith jumps off and does like a combat roll, <laughs> and like <laughs> makes it to the sidewalk, and I'm still sitting there going. <laughs> I, we, we, we've, we've done much worse Ian and i when we were younger i mean there's plenty of times where we should have died uh um, oh yeah that's uh we a scooter together scooter together man that's small potatoes uh no big deal try, try yeah, getting some putting some roller blades on and driving them back at ian's car and uh oh, yeah. <laughs> in high school i remember my mom found that videotape yeah he was oh, so pissed so we so a little side story. Uh, so when we were in high school, I decided to strap on some rollerblades and grab onto the back of Ian's bumper while he drove down the road, and ride behind the car. And then uh, my brother was videotaping it from the back seat, and I passed myself up through the side, opened the front passenger door while it's. I think we were about forty-five. Forty-five was about tops. That yeah, car could only go forty-five because yeah, remember it, it couldn't leave second gear. But then I opened up the front door and then stepped into the car and sat down. We got it all on video. This is before YouTube. Otherwise, we would have put it on YouTube. It was pretty sweet. Um, and then hid the videotape because that was awesome. And then my parents found the videotape and put it in the VCR because it's back in VCR days. Um, and I was pretty much in the deep shit. Uh- yeah. <laughs> so everything you did made, made your mom nervous. But at the end of the video, when everybody's high-fiving and hugging because it was so awesome – and I'm high-fiving with both hands, your brother in the backseat, and then hugging you and dapping you up and everything. And then your mom's like, 
wait, who's driving? You're like, Ian was. <laughs> I mean, that's when she was really like, wait a minute. <laughs> she put one and one together real <laughs> The most terrifying thing about holding onto the back of a car and rollerblades is manhole covers. Like if you hit one of those at 45 miles an hour, you're done ski. So like we actually yeah. had, we had one person calling out like, where they were <laughs> like, so i can move from side to side <laughs> back to the car to make sure I didn't hit good lord oh uh, it was fun um yeah things you shouldn't do when your kids um are ever um, we survived we survived <laughs> remember kids you're made of rubber you're mm-hmm. you know you recover uh, quickly no big deal that's the time to do it if you're gonna make dumb decisions do it when you're young yeah we might have been 16 i think beds are brittle yeah. by then yeah your, your, your daughter's <laughs> gonna be your uh your downfall sir no, this she's is gonna be the one doing stuff like that yeah if my kids ever listen to this podcast right now i'm gonna let you know kids uh everything i say nah. is just made up um dad never did these things uh, it's all for ratings it's all for ratings it's all for listeners don't yeah. try those things we never try speaking these of which i became a listener this past weekend did you listen i actually listened to two episodes oh wow how bad were they i was like wow we sound like that it was the first two <laughs> so well, the first two are horrible <laughs> It's like, and here I have to cut in because my dog decided to squeak the toil for 15 Oh, the squeaky. Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> right off the bat. We have not brought that back in a while. The I know we haven't. Toy. I don't know where she is. She's not even in this room. <laughs> Normally she comes in during recording. Um, yeah. She's, she's, she's being, being her. She's really sleepy, sleepy puppy. Um, so, yeah. So let's get back to the story. Um, so they sneak in. Story. Karen. Does a horrible job because uh, he gets caught like almost right away by a white cloak. Um, but yeah, ends up actually. Um, Fayol saves him. Fayol saves him. Um, he got like choked out. Yeah, he did. Like near death choked out. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Fayol saves yep. him. Fayol saves but him. But Fayol even, she doesn't give Perrin any crap for it. She she gives the white cloak, she just diced up crap like the fuck was he thinking just passing me up like i'm yeah. no big deal like i'm gonna pass her up and just go to him jokes on him i just diced them up <laughs> that's i thought that was i thought that was pretty cool like okay skip over too. me yeah and then um so then he also sees uh i guess one of the white cloaks being taken out ahead of him like they see the the, the, the lance or whatever all of a sudden go down and they're like oh there's someone else here and then they realize the aiel are the there taking, yeah. taking, taking out guards and then they go to attack him because he's dressed up like he took the white cloak's garb and got disguised and the maidens almost go to attack him and then file saves him again by kind of getting away like hey wait wait it's us <laughs> which makes the maidens giggle which makes yeah. him feel more embarrassed about it like okay i'm supposed to be leading this shit and i almost died twice, twice. yeah like what am i what am i doing that's <laughs> So yeah, so they finally reach the tent. Uh, he goes inside. Harold Luhan's sleeping in the front, and the girls are all on, on the back. And he reaches in, puts his hand over Harold's mouth, and his eyes get all wide. And then he realizes who it is, and like the recognition comes across the eyes. He's like, you know, does the whole Robert De Niro, like I see you, I see you, I am the captain uh, now. I am the captain now. <laughs> um, and yeah, and they're like, okay, we got everybody together. Um, get everybody awake. We gotta get the horses out and we're gonna have a plan and we're gonna leave and this is how we're gonna leave and as they're trying to make their plan to leave the horns start to go off everywhere it's <laughs> well obviously yeah, yeah. so um yeah either Surprise. the dead white cloak was found or uh, at this point they've made it far enough for the tent they might have found the prisoners gone either way shit gets real real fast 
So I know I just brushed over all that, but let's go talk about this whole scene. What do you guys think? Parent failing at rescue and then still stumbling his way through. I mean, at this part where before it felt like you glazed over a lot of important stuff and this part, you pretty much hit all the important highlights. (laughs) I think if you point out anything that's significant is all right. Pretty cool. That master Lujan in, in a brief moment, accepted that Perrin was there to rescue because Perrin was like, get everybody, tell him it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And he quickly, he didn't fight it. He was just like, sweet, okay. And starts helping get everybody else ready. It wasn't until they were like mounting the horses or whatever that um, the, the wife was like, or Mistress Lujan, is that what we're calling Mistress her? Lujan, Mistress? Yeah. yeah. Was like, wait, what's that shit on your face? You're not going to sit at my table with that on your face. What's going on? Yeah. And, and Perrin immediately was like, uh, no time for that shit now. We got to go. Go. So that was like, <laughs> she gave only the brief amount of resistance or questioning or like throwback well, to the relationship they bloomers. used to have. But like everybody else just accepted Perrin in this role, like immediately. Right. So that yeah. that I guess that's significant. Like I wouldn't expect that. Imagine the last time they saw him versus now, huge change in who he was. You know, and you could credit it to they were just so relieved to being rescued and caught up in the moment. Blah 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 blah. But still, you would think that closer relationship, right? Well, yeah. There you go. Tuvirin. So or what, what would Varen say though? Tuvirin. No, she would scribble. You'd hear flip the page. And then you read it and it says Tavirin. <laughs> <laughs> so they get out of the camp on horseback as the commotion's going everywhere. And Perrin meets up with uh Varen and the rest of the group up there. And he turns to per- Varen and says, like, is there anything you do to help? And she's like, hmm, there might be some rain coming, let's say in about a half an hour. Uh, it's gonna rain. Pretty, pretty good downpour. So uh that might help. Um and you know, they decide to yell and scream, try to uh, get the white clucks to kind of not figure out where they are. I guess the whole reason for that was to confuse their visionary tactics. Mm-hmm. So he's the group in half. Yeah, the, the the people that he saved, he sent one way with Tam and is it Abel? Yeah. Tam, and, Tam and, Abel. and he sent Fail, which would take the the two maidens as well mm-hmm. and some other folks and was it was it his Aiel? Did you send Gaul as well? I don't think so. No. no, no. Kept Gaul, kept Gaul with him. Anyways, he sent it's a rather a large group, right? Yeah, with with them, and he's like, "All right, that should be sufficient. They're fine." And like tells Tam, "Take them to the secret place." Wink, wink. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's when he turns to everybody else in the group, the other boys that are freaking out, and he's like, "You know." Make as rain. much noise as possible. And oh, hopefully, hopefully you got an extra string. Make noise. We're going to be the diversion. And and as they start hooting and hollering, and they're like, let's ride. And then one of them's like, woo, yeah, woo. So what are we going to do now? And he's like, we're going to hunt motherfucking Trollocs. Trollocs. And they, they kept hooting and hollering. And then even Perrin was like, they have no idea what they're getting into. They probably think I'm joking. Okay. Joke's on them. <laughs> we're going to hunt some Trollocs. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> uh, but if you're taking the group on a hunt for Trollocs and the White Cloaks are following you, you're just initiating a war between the Trollocs and the White Cloaks. Maybe. You might Maybe. get lucky. But remember who's with the White Cloaks, who's also trying to control the Fade, who also Had controls they. Trollocs. Like, there's... But that'll yeah. give us our answer, though. Are the White Cloaks kind of 
unintentionally in cahoots with the Trollocs. No, I think intentionally they've they've I, at I, least I, one of them have let their hate for Perrin I, go I, so I, large. I, I picture you know as the thunder and lightning's happening, uh, Fane finally wakes up and and you know everyone's ran away and Fane kind of stumbles out of his tent and realizes the prisoners are gone and he lightning strikes the sky and he raises his fist and he's in his like pajamas or his underwear and he's like i'll get you next time perrin <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's uh, that's why my, my vision for this tv show is uh something like that uh perrin, yeah. more death or more, what does he call himself now or, or, or deep. Deep. he's gonna be the end of all the Tavirian. like he's gonna kill them all like that's really how this book is gonna end like we've been giving martin all this credit for or jordan all this credit for not being like martin and then at the end or Adith is going to drop a brick statue on all three of them. Mm. Brick building. Yeah. But so. it saves, the, but the world is saved in the process. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that a prediction that Ordith's going to drop drop a statue on on three of them and during 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 the game of stones? <laughs> during the game of stones. <laughs> you had you had predictions about Pat and Fane and stuff like that way back, but I have to go back and look at them. Yeah, because I think some of them have come true at this point. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's how we end this chapter. We're going to hunt some Trollocs, and we're done with this chapter. So, um, What's the name of the next chapter, Alec? Well, we're not there yet. I'm going to tell you guys in a second. Spo- Anything spoiler missed- alert, the next chapter is not Perrin. Yeah, yeah we covered that. Yeah, yeah, we covered that. Um, Ask me so, how I know. So, mm-hmm. any, uh, anything, we missed? So. anything we missed? Did I mention that I think Varen and Loyal <laughs> get it on? <laughs> Let's get My it on. girl. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. So, yeah. Anything we missed? Anything we missed? Nope, nope. All right. Favorite characters. Let's do that next. Favorite characters. Uh, mine's, mine's a twofer. It's it's the new romance between Baron and Loyal. They're just, <laughs> they're meant for each other. Like, it, like they both just, they sit I mean, they're there. They're both brown. They doodle in their notebooks, mm-hmm. and then when you're when you ask them any question, they go, "Well, to Varen. or what does that say? Read it, hmm. to Varen. Huh. Is that seriously your favorite character? No, is that seriously your favorite character? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I have to say, it's it's King Perrin. King Perrin. Okay. I figured that you like King Perrin. Yeah, like Perrin has always been my favorite character, but there we had a little moment there where I was like, okay, Perrin's becoming quite a little biatch. Mm. And now he's like taking the reins whether he wants to or not. So okay. that excites me. Yeah. Perrin okay. is kicking ass and taking names. All right. Exactly. Oh, okay, so if I could give a for real, if you're going to say Perrin, I have to go, I have to go Tam. Tam. Time traveling Tam. Time traveling Tam. Tam is for for every alpha for the alpha to work. You need a good beta. He needs a shit. You need you need need a really good number two. If you want to succeed (laughs) in something like this, you need to start off with a really good number two. You got to work it out to help. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If it's a bad one where you're like forcing it and you're straining and veins are popping out like that's dangerous and if you keep that number two in you don't yeah. let it go right you don't let them let them let them breathe and let them shine on his own it's just it builds up it, it the stress toxic. it's toxic right. it's it just, is it's just it's not good yeah yeah 
Agreed. Yeah, and you're you're just not as relaxed and comfortable to you yeah. know. Right. You can't do shit. You, you can't do shit. Right, literally. Number, yeah, if, yeah. If you if you don't get the number two out uh, and let him let him let him let him breathe, let him, let him shine. And then people will look <laughs> at you and go, "Well, that guy's full of shit," you know. So you gotta they mm-hmm. they won't trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Tim. <laughs> thank you. So next time in the will reads chapter thirty four and thirty five, uh, which is he who comes with the dawn is chapter thirty four and sharp lessons i have to say this is the first time where i wanted to not listen and read ahead yeah he who comes with the dawn and sharp lessons so sharp lessons that's an interesting topic of discussion like it makes me wonder whether or not the dagger's going to come back into play somewhere someone's going to get cut yeah very sharp like we haven't seen that dagger in a minute yeah but you know, the White Tower is desperate. Mm-hmm. See, I'm on I'm on orders right now, and they're making us take all the mandatory trainings. So you say sharp lessons, and I think about the sexual harassment and assault prevention, which is we have to take classes on that. Like it feels like ten times a year, which I mean it, it's it's yeah. an important topic. I get it, mm-hmm. right? But they haven't changed the content of the training in. 15 years so i've taken the same sharp class over and over again <laughs> and over and all the vignettes i know them all yeah. i i can play every role of every side of every vignette of every sharp yeah. class that the military's ever come up with yeah 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 the most recent thing that we've we've had mandatory training on that everyone has to go through is diversity and inclusion 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 training yeah, which is uh, it's been fun, but I'm like, yeah, um, no, they're important topics, but they're important topics, but yeah, they they it know, makes you think like who is designing this training and why are they so out of touch with reality? <laughs> like, <laughs> man, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's another topic for another yeah. day. Uh, oh, they're, they're not bad training. I mean, it's not bad training. Don't get me wrong. It's not a bad training. Um, and, and we actually have, uh, we, they outsource to Virginia Inclusive uh, Societies. Um, yeah, actually, I worked with them, actually. Yeah, and which is actually the oldest um, inclusive society, like inclusion society in, in the nation, I think it is, because they date back to like the 1800s or something like that. And because it was, it was actually set up originally for religious inclusion, not racial but it over time, yeah. it, so it, the, the actual organization dates back really, really a long time ago. Although their mission has changed completely over the years, um, but it started like the Thundercats. Yeah, yeah, Something like that. So, yeah. Anyways, um, so um, yeah, I think that's all we got for this week. So I can just go ahead and wrap it up, right? All right. Yeah. So how we can be found is at the Wheel Reads on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All those great places and TikTok too. I've done three TikTok videos now since last week. Yeah, ah. I started TikToking. I got to get you guys in on those. Um, yeah, so I did. I did. Yeah, yeah one. Of, yeah. I did one with my cat because that, that that gets really popular on TikTok. Was that the opener? Did you open with the cat video? <laughs> no, I opened with just after we got done recording last night or last last week. I literally just in my chair, like record myself, like, "Hey guys, I'm going to start TikTok. What do you guys want to? What do you guys want to watch?" like let me know and the answer was cat videos then the answer was cat videos so i just showed a picture of my cat and just was like here's a cat here it is 
Because <laughs> that's and what TikTok it went wants. viral. No, it didn't go viral, but they got more likes than any other video I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's cats. Um, and let's see um, how we can be contacted at the wheel or the wheel reads at gmail.com. You can email me. Um, I will respond as long as it doesn't go to my junk meat email. Um, we can also be found at thewheelreads.com, which is our website. Yay. Yeah, we have that. And you can find links to all cool stuff like our merchandise, soon to be new and improved t-shirt designs in there. And as well as our links to our Discord, which is a wonderful community of over 500 people all talking about everything. I mean, I would say just the Wheel of Time, but we talk about everything in here. Um, everything. Everything. We got memes. We got Cosmere section where we talk about Brandon Sando books um and we do we do movie night we did our first movie night uh last friday night which was a lot of fun i had a fun time doing it i loved it um yeah we did uh we did lord of the rings fellowship of the ring uh yeah i'm gonna do extended cut right or the extended cut yeah yeah, it was good good daddy Uh, the long the long daddy one um but yeah so uh and we'll probably do more of those i might do them on fridays i might switch to saturday nights just all depends and then i'm kind of setting that up because seeing how that works to maybe even stream the wheel of time show when it comes out too to do watch parties for that um, on the Discord server. So lots of fun stuff there. We have Star Wars section as well. Talk about Star Wars. I mean, Trollocs cook pot. I yeah. love, I love, I look every time somebody posts what they cooked for whatever meal, I look at it and I go, mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do have post your food. It's good. Mm. And post your pets because we all love pets. Yeah, some doggos and kitties. Oh, the doggos. Oh, the doggos. Um, but yeah, so um, come join our Discord. It's a good place. And then if you want to support us even more, uh, you can always join our Patreon. Um, as I mentioned before, as we kind of beat this to death at this point, um, it's cool. There's lots of cool stuff you get. You can listen to us live all the time and listen to us talk during the break uh, when I thought, forgot to mute people. <laughs> and um, you get to listen to us uh, mess up and, and not really know what we're doing. Um, so come listen to us live. Um, it's great. Um, that requires patron. Um, there's also other levels besides the $1 level that gets you more stuff. Like you get the video of the full episode at the $5 level. Yeah. You get to see us all in, all in color and you get to watch Chris fall asleep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was last episode, not this episode. Yeah, yeah, yes, it was last episode. Oh, yeah. So you get to watch Chris fall asleep on on camera, uh, all sorts of fun things. And uh, at higher levels, you get like merch and stuff like that. So I will mail you stuff as long as you give me your address. Um, There's some people that don't want to give addresses out. That's fine. Uh, You just don't get free shit because I don't know where to send it. So. There you go. Um, and other than that, um, that's all I got for this week. So until next time. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to The Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time. We might drop some gold right now. Yeah, what if we said something amazing and you weren't recording? Uh, Good point. That's what she said. (laughs) Actually, there was one amazing night that we had the other night.
Uh-huh. Oh, like a, tr- uh, a cross country star. Oh, did you run forever? Mm-hmm. Run, Chris, run. I got to this point where I was like, all right, we just we just need to be done. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I've, n- I've never been there. I seriously doubt that. Um, well, there's those WD times, the whiskey, where it's like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> Cannot hear Chris much. I can get closer when I'm talking. I'm just not very close right now. Chris is eating right now, so he's backed away from the microphone. He's getting his late night <laughs> snacks. He's getting his snacks together. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you'll hear. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite's when he's getting that jello pudding and we're talking and he's going number <laughs> <laughs> the pudding a pudding snacks wait so what book are we on uh two <laughs> okay i've got it and what chapter it that way sometimes 15 i'm on it 15 times 2 plus 2 carry the one and here's uh wait how do you do that new math 42. that there's yeah. 42 the answer is 42 you gotta, draw, you gotta draw boxes and you gotta do grouping and <laughs> if i was in elementary school like and i started young with the dirty jokes if my if my third grade teacher was like now draw a box y'all know what i'm drawing it's i'm drawing a map of tarvalon <laughs> <laughs> and I would get expelled very quickly. There you go. You said draw a box. Oh, I know uh, Delusions is not here with us, but I am drinking a fine cab from California. And if I finish this bottle, I'm going to switch to whiskey because I I hate myself. I, mean, I hate my liver. It's evil yeah. and it must be punished. Livers are <laughs> dark friends. Yeah, they make so, black blood and stuff. Yeah, they're... I got a cab tonight called Tribute. And I, I posted a patron, and y'all saw it, and I made the joke. This is not actually the greatest cab ever made. We forgot the recipe. This is just a tribute. And at least <laughs> J- at least Jake got it because, yeah, nice. he, he, he followed up. Uh, but I finished it like an, an hour before we even started. Uh, so now I've moved on to a Saison mm. beer. It's Siren's Lure. Ooh. And it's brewed right here where I'm at in Norton, Virginia. We'll talk about that later, but I'm up mm-hmm. in Northern Virginia right now. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pull up Patron and pop a picture in there in case you're wondering. If y'all are looking at Patron, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I am posting my beer selection now. Ooh. Okay. There you go. There's a sailboat and a pretty lady. Mm-hmm. Pretty lady. Sounds good. I get nervous when Chris leaves the camera and you hear a female giggling in the background. Like, <laughs> y'all can hear that? <laughs> what is he doing? What is he doing? What? No, I don't want to know. No, I want to know. No, I don't want to know. No, spill the beans. No, don't tell me. I was smacking my own ass. Mm. Yeah, sirens lube. Did you, just, did you just touch my ass? Sirens lure. <laughs> I should I should turn the camera a little bit better. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I didn't even get the the boat in the picture very well. Do we want to start, lady? Do we actually want to start kind of on time? I mean, we're yeah. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Is, uh, is the audience ready for on time ish? There's enough people here. I, you know, uh, if people show up late, they can get the recording when it comes out, like everybody else does. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Plus, we got some European listeners in here tonight, so respect them. Europeans. They're, they're, they're up late, yeah. Europeans. All right. Let's do a brief pause and jump right in. 